Well, welcome church. So excited that you would join us for our first message of the new year. So awesome that we can come together in person, that we can come together online. You know, online church is still church. So I still believe that today God wants to move and wants to minister to you. I don't believe it's by accident that you're watching that you're that you're you're part of this i believe that god has orchestrated this for you this time i believe god wants to speak and so i encourage you open up your heart open up your mind and let's receive from god as we are in the new year come on can you believe it 2022 now I, someone was telling me about a meme that said 2020 Two, like 2020 also, but we rebuke that. Come on, we don't need another 2020. Those That's done. It's 2022, and I believe there is an awesome year ahead. You know, obviously, with the world the way that it is, in 2022, I believe there's a great need for all of us, for all of humanity, and that need is peace. Come on, I'm, I'm talking about more than a peace sign like hey peace man that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about something much bigger than that so today we're actually starting a new series that's going to be dealing with that very thing and this series is called practice makes perfect practice makes perfect and during this series here's what we're going to look at how practicing the principles of God brings the peace of God how practicing the principles of God brings the peace of God. I'm telling you, this series is awesome. I love it because our team, our staff, we came together, created this series together as a team. So many great things into this. I know God has orchestrated it, and so we're excited about it. So throughout this series, we're going to read out of Philippians, and we're going to stick with the text in Philippians as our base text. It's so good as the author Paul would write to us about God's peace and about principles. And so this morning we're going to read out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 13. I encourage you to, to open up your Bibles or follow along here with us in Philippians 4, 4 through 13, as Paul would write to the church. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at, la that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. Or if you read in some versions, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, come on. What a way to start out our new year, reading the Word of God together, declaring God's peace. And here's what I know, that no matter what we face, no matter what we walk through, 
we can walk in peace. No matter what we face, no matter what comes our way, no matter what difficulties would come against us, we can walk with God. Now listen, you don't want to miss you don't want to miss any of this series. I'm, I'm just telling you. You want to be here because, it, or at least, at the very least, watch online, but not even just for you. Share it with others. I believe it's going to set us free. And so during this series, during the four weeks of this series, we're going to look at how practicing these principles of God brings about the peace of God. And here's what we're going to look at over the four weeks is why we should practice, how we should practice, when we should practice, and with whom should we practice. Come on, it's going to be practical, it's going to be inspirational, and I know that God is going to move. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we thank you for your word as it speaks life. Lord, I pray that as we're watching together, as we come into church together, our hearts would be open. God, we need the peace of God to guide and lead us. And I pray right now for those that are watching that they would open up their hearts and minds and maybe they've never really lived in the peace of God, but I believe that today is a new day. Speak to us through your word, Father. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, man, I am so excited about this series. I just tell you what, I, I'm just pumped. I, I, this message excites me. Uh, we, already, we already have a forecast of the other messages to follow, and they're just so good. It's going to be good, good, good stuff. So, you know, I think if, if we're being really honest and, and if I'm like, put the truth serum in you, some people say, oh, I don't care about this, I don't care about that. But everybody has wanted to be really good at something. I don't know what it is. I don't know uh, what in your life you've like, I've really wanted to excel at. But it, it's, we want to be good at something. And even if you're, even if you're already good at something, if you want to be great at it, Here's what I know. You have to practice. You have to practice. There's, there's, there's no if and buts about it. you got to practice to hone your skill, to be better at what you want to do. I was reading about Michael Jordan, which you're going to hear a lot about Michael Jordan because of his practice and his work ethic. It's such an easy thing to go to. By the way, he's still the GOAT. Come on. Michael Jordan is still the best. Uh, all you LeBron lovers out there, we're praying for you that you have the realization that he's nothing but a false substitute. Come on. Michael Jordan, it was just the, the way he did things was pretty awesome, but he put in so much time of practice. I was reading that he, he, all the shots he'd practice, it was amazing, like, like 500 sh shots on this and that. And, but, but one of the things that was so interesting to me is that he made a goal of making a hundred free throws in a row at the end of his shooting practice. Not just a hundred free throws. Come on. We could tally up a hundred free throws and we could do that, but he would, so he would get to 60 or he would get to 70, miss one, and he would start over. Now, I don't know how long it took him. I don't know any of that, but I'm just saying that is such a lofty goal that requires such practice. He would do this thing. You know, listen, I've even heard, now I haven't got to see it with my own eyes, that we have a free throw shooting legend on our team. It's actually our pastor, pastor, not Pastor David, Pastor Janae. And I'm telling you, I have heard there has she is a legend in the free throw shooting world. And if you want to challenge her, try it and let's see what happens. You will be humiliated in front of the world. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's because of practice. Obviously, you have to practice. 
And when you look at that word practice, if you look at that word in the, in the biblical context, and that word, what it's saying there, it actually is to exercise or practice or to be busy with, to do. So to do something. And as we look at that word in just modern day terms, if you look that up in the dictionary, it's pretty simple. It's to perform or do habitually. To do it over and over and over. And it becomes a habit in your life, a, a healthy habit in your life. You, you want to be good at something, you have to practice to be good or great. In a book, Malcolm Gladwell, in the book Outliers, he, he talks about a principle and names lots of different people that have put in time and energy and effort to being the best in their field. And what he says there is that it takes 10,000 hours practicing to become an expert. 10,000 hours of practice to become an expert. And he actually cited a 1993 study which indicated that practicing 10,000 hours could take someone that plays the violin to where they play like a virtuoso. They would be excellent above in their field. 10,000 hours. I was looking at that because I'm kind of a, I like doing spreadsheets and charts, all that stuff, I kind of nerd out on stuff like that. But if you look at that, that's 1,250 eight-hour days. Full eight-hour days, no break. 10,000 hours would require 1,250 eight-hour days. Three and a half years of practicing every single day for eight hours. Three and a half years practicing every single day for eight hours. It's crazy. Even if you look at Jesus, right? How long did he spend with his disciples? Three years. Now, they were together. They were hanging out not many times, probably way more than eight hours a day. But he was imparting into them. He needed this, this time, this saturated time with his disciples. And thank God that we're not limited to 10,000 hours. But I want us to catch a glimpse of what it takes to really know something, to be good at something, and that we're willing to put in the practice. See, because there is something in us that wants to be great. There is something in us that wants to be great. And I just would say, if, you, if there's something you're doing, come on, do it well. Hey, if you're not a Christian and you're watching this today, that's just a great leadership principle. Now, we believe it comes from the Bible, but you can practice it without even being a Christian. Listen, if you want to do something, do it well. Give it all your energy. Give it all your might. Now, if you're watching and you're not a Christian, we want you to know that serving Christ is the best decision that you could ever make. But we want to be people that do something great. I mean, we even see this, right, among Jesus' disciples. They would have this conversation. It's like when you get caught by your parents, Jesus would be like, hey, what are you guys talking about? They were like, uh, you know, um, uh, how awesome you are, Jesus. <laughs> Yay. And he's like, he knew, right? They were talking about who would be the greatest. Two of them, their mother would come to him and say, can one sit on your right? Can one sit on your left? It's because that people want to, to be great. They want to have, it's in them to be that way. And so I was thinking like there's so many things that we could try to be great at, but what if we were great at being peaceful? Now I know that doesn't sound super exciting. You're like, no man, I want to be great at golf. I want to be great at, at, uh, at you know, like uh, the school I'm attending. I want to be great at all these different things, which is great. But even though peaceful may not sound that great, my goodness, what if we could step into a situation and be peaceful? I'm not talking about, some of us are good at drama. I mean, we like to stir the pot. That's not what we need in our life. What we need is the peace of God. 
And deep, deep down, no one really wants drama. I mean, I'm just talking deep down. Now, maybe we, we stir up things and we're dramatic because, because we, we're looking for something to, to make us feel alive. But deep down, what we have to understand is we're trying to cover up turmoil in our life. And no one really wants that. What we really long for is peace. Peace is what we need. There are a lot of things to be great at, but we don't, just to be honest, in our society today, in our world today, we don't need another great actor. We don't need another great athlete. We don't need another great musician. Those things are all fun. Those things are all good to enjoy, but they are not life-changing. What we are in desperate need of is peace. People that walk in peace. We need peace in our society. There's turmoil. There's, there's issues. People fighting. You can't, even, you can't even disagree because if you disagree, you don't like me or you hate me. There's, there is no peaceful conversation hardly anymore. But what we need to do is be the people that have peace. And not just any peace, the peace of God. Only the peace of God will do. Listen, the world is going to continue to have turmoil. If we think there's going to be a place where there's just peace all around us in the world, it's not going to happen. We live in a fallen world. There's issues that are happening. So on the whole, things aren't going to be peaceful. But what Paul tells us is in the midst of the turmoil of our world, we can have the peace of God. And not only do we need peace for our lives, not only do we need it so in the middle of this this. This, this life we live, but we need it to funnel through us and to spill over onto other people. Other people need to see this peace in our lives that, is, that can't be conjured up in self. They need to see the perfect peace of God. You know, uh, when Shelly and I were been married about three or four years, we had a, we, we had a super difficult year. And I'm just going to be really transparent because we all make mistakes, we all mess up, and for us, we youngsters, man, we didn't know, we were so, we didn't, we didn't, just, can I just use the word that we were uh, idiots, can I say that, or at least I was, and Shelly just followed my lead, but we made so many stupid decisions, if you're a young person, and, or even you're a little older, you're like, I've made so many stupid decisions, you're a good company today. Look to the person to your left and right. They probably also made stupid decisions. The problem is now we just, with social media, your stupid decisions being broadcast to the world. Ours were hidden, thank God. But we had a, we had two decent cars actually, but we decided that those weren't good enough for us and we needed a different car. And we didn't go get a car that we could afford. We actually said, what is the very max that we could pay that would strap us every month, but we still would have this awesome car? And that's what we did. We went out and bought this car. Man, it was nice. It was, it was only two years old. It, was, it was, just looked good. It, you know, it, it was fast. It had a sunroof. I mean, we were like, we, we thought, this is it. Not even a year in, we're driving and the transmission goes out. Now, <laughs> you know the story. We're strapped. We have no money. The transmission goes out. And I'm just going to tell you, you talk about hitting a low. They actually came and repossessed our car. They did. And we were like, oh, my gosh, you talk about feeling like a failure. I, we were like, this is the worst. You know, this is just so bad. And then, and then just a few months later, 
we were, uh, Shelly was pregnant. My wife Shelly was pregnant with our second child. She lost her job. I mean, this year was so difficult. It was, I mean, it was one of those things you just felt like it just kept hit after hit. You know what I'm saying? Like kept coming. And, but, you know, in the midst of that, thank God that we did serve God and thank God that he was with us. We made stupid choices. We often make stupid choices, and we still have to face the consequences of these stupid choices. That doesn't mean God wasn't there with us, but in the midst of even our stupidity, he still sustained us. And what was amazing is during that time, I remember someone asked me, a friend of ours said, listen, man, you've had a lot go on. How is it you're keeping this attitude, the right attitude? Because because we did, not, I'm not saying we didn't have a moment of frustration, a moment where we broke down, a moment where we were just, oh my gosh, what's happening? But what would happen is we would continually come back from that because God was with us and we were spending time with God. We actually walked in the peace of God. And I was able to say, it's not because of me, it's because of God. It's because of His goodness. See, people are watching us. They don't need to see your perfection, but they do need to see the peace of God in your life. And that's what they would see. God, let what's happening in me, the peace in me, spill over onto others. I pray that, that we could walk into the middle of a, a tense, difficult situation, and we can literally, the atmosphere, come on, we serve a miracle-working, supernatural God. So we could walk in the middle of turmoil, strife, difficulty, and the peace of God would come in with us, and literally people could tangibly feel the peace of God. See, a life of Peace is a powerful life. It is a powerful life. We often, though, set our eyes on the goal of achieving this perfect peace within our own power. We think we can make it happen. So maybe we have these little mantras that we come up with and, and, and we're like, I just know if I repeat this and set my mind right. And, and which setting your mind right is more than just setting it on good things. It needs to be good God things. Come on. Maybe you get up every morning and you look in the mirror and you say, you know, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. But you're still in turmoil, so people don't even want to be around you. Self-help, maybe you read every self-help book and, and you're like, okay, if I do this and if I do that. And or, or maybe you, you, know, you meditate and try to clear your mind. Well, see, true meditation isn't clearing your mind, it's setting your mind on God. Setting your mind on God's Word. Maybe you eat right, you exercise, all with the effort of trying to make sure that your life's in balance and you, and you, and you have peace. And, and I'm not saying these things are bad. Actually, these things can be good. These things can be healthy. But, but they will never ever bring perfect peace they will never bring perfect peace if that's the foundation if that's the base that's not it see i'm talking i'm not talking about just peace that's uh, built upon circumstances i'm talking about peace that paul tells us is actually beyond our understanding and that word understanding means your reasoning your feelings your judgment Meaning in the middle of a situation where it makes sense or it, your judgment should be because you're looking at your circumstances, you should be fearful, you should, have, you should be worried because so many things has happened, you should be trying to figure things out. It's saying the peace that God gives you, even in those circumstances, you have this peace. Why? Because you're not functioning under reasoning, you're not fun functioning under judgment, you're not functioning under your own understanding, 
You're functioning under something higher, the peace of God. Paul himself, when he wrote this letter, was in prison. He's talking about peace while he's in prison. Come on. He's setting the example for us and showing us what perfect peace is. We're talking through this series how practicing the principles of God brings about the perfect peace of God. So I would ask you, what is the purpose of our practice? The purpose of our practice, is it to bring peace? Yes and no. It is so that we could bring peace. That's part of it, but there's actually something greater. It's not the ultimate purpose of our practice. There's something greater, or I should say someone greater. Should we have peace that, that, that passes all understanding? Yes. Should we want to help others experience this peace? Man, I hope so. I hope that we don't want it all for ourselves and we forget that we've been called to be the light to others. We should want these things. But let us never forget that the true purpose of our practice is to connect to Jesus and help others do the same. Come on, that is the purpose of our practice. It's to connect to Jesus and help others do the same. Because I want you to know today, there is no perfect peace without walking with the perfect Jesus. He is the only perfect one. He is the only one that's ever walked the earth and lived perfect, living as all God and all man. He did this for us, and because He is perfect, we can walk in His perfect peace. In verse 7 of Philippians 4 that we read at the beginning, it said, he, Paul reminded us, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. And I like this one little word that we often forget, in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. That word means just what it says. It says in, but it also means by, and it also means with. And if you go look through the New Testament at other instances where this word in was used, it's amazing because it talks about a, a connected, something that's connected that you can't really separate. It says, for instance, it said that um, Mary was with child, same word. It said that it spoke of the stars in the sky. So this word is referring to things that must go together. They are one. They're not separate. And I can tell you today that you will never have the perfect peace that God wants you to have if you're not walking with Jesus. They can't be separated. They are one together. See, we, ought, we don't want to make peace the prize. Jesus is the prize. Peace is just an amazing byproduct. Come on. It, it always comes down to Jesus. It is what our whole existence is about. As Christians, we are called to serve Him, love Him, run after Him. He is the one that changes us, transforms us, come on, renews us. Sadly, though, many people, even Christians, we want the, the benefits of perfect peace without the discipline and practice of walking with Jesus. We want all the benefits, but we're not willing to do the things that God has asked of us. We often want to be saved, make a, a confession, and even a belief that He is Lord, but we want it to just say, that's it, now we're going to go on with life. But that's not how it goes. It takes practice to walk with Jesus. The practice of our life should be to continually connect to Him. When we give our lives to Jesus, that's what we're doing. We're giving our lives to Him. 
We're not making a one-time commitment. We're saying, I choose to follow you the rest of my days. For here and for all of eternity. See, I want to know Jesus. I want to be close to Him. I don't want to just one time meet Him and then walk away. I want to know everything about Him. I want to know what makes Him tick, what what moves His heart. I want to know His kingdom principles. And to know Jesus in that way, it absolutely takes practice. I mean, how do you know His voice if you never talk to Him and listen? You're like, well, come on. We should know. No, let's not. You know, let me tell you, our heart will lie to us. The enemy will lie to us. They will try to disguise. The flesh will lie to us. It will try to disguise itself as the voice of our Father. But we have to hear His voice over and over and over again to have clarity of who He is and how He's speaking. How do we know what matters to Him if we don't ever study about it and read about it and hide His Word in our heart? How do we worship Him and thank Him if we never lift our minds and our hearts and our hands in song and adoration and thanksgiving? How do we catch His generous heart as God would love us so much that He would give His Son? How do we do that if we ourselves don't practice generosity? As Paul would tell us later, look for every opportunity to do good. How do we know these things if we don't practice these things? I know many times when we, we bring this up or we start talking about it, there's people who will be like, now hold on a second, Pastor Scotty. Isn't we, I thought that grace and walking with Jesus was free. It wasn't in our efforts. Well, this is true. It's a true statement. If, I love Paul would write in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Here, here's what he would write. He would say, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Come on. I am so thankful that the miraculous act of us going from being under a curse of sin to under the blessing of God and being with our Father God, I'm so thankful that that act is nothing about my good deeds. It's nothing about my good works. I don't deserve that goodness, but He has allowed it to be given to me. The miraculous act of being born again, actually being a new creation in Christ, this work that happens, it's not in, it's not in my efforts. It is free. It is the gift of grace. But I want us to remember this today. It's free to start on the road with Jesus, but it takes discipline and practice to continue on the road. You're like, I don't know. I don't know, Pastor Scott. Well, let me read here. Let me me just read what Jesus would say. If you have issue with it, take it up with Jesus. Matthew 16, 24 through 25, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. To really know Jesus is to know peace. But knowing Jesus is more than just accepting Him as Savior. It is surrendering your life to His ways. And you know what's crazy is when we first give our life to Jesus, we don't even know His ways yet. We know that He loves us. We know that He made a way for us. The Holy Spirit has quickened our heart, so we surrender to Him. But now we're just starting on this new journey where we have to learn who He is, learn His ways, listen to what He's saying. Walking with Jesus and practicing with Jesus isn't isn't easy, but it's worth it. Nothing worth anything is easy. Sadly, though, we have equated peace 
with easy. And it's not the truth. Our society would tell us, do what you want to do. Listen to your inner peace. Whatever makes you happy. What they sadly don't say is that even though you may have momentary happiness, your joy will be incomplete. Your, your life will not be full of peace because anything that comes against yourself then will destroy the peace. But there is a peace from God that transcends understanding that will guard your heart and mind, it says in Christ Jesus. It's not easy, but... It's worth it. Jesus is perfect peace. Only walking with Him. The principles of God it continually helps us to connect to Jesus and walking with Him is what brings peace. You can't separate the two, like I said before. It pours out of Him. I love when we read in the New Testament, in the Gospels, when the woman with the issue of blood came and touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was healed, what did He say? Go in peace. When the woman that was a sinful woman, Jesus interacted with her and said, your sins are forgiven. What did he say? He said, go in peace. When the sea was in disruption and there was fear all around, Jesus actually spoke, right, to the sea because he is over everything. He commands everything and he said, peace be still. Man, to know peace is only known through Jesus. Jesus' peace is different than ours. It just is. It's not circumstantial. It's not built on all these things. His peace is different than ours. Our peace can't guard our hearts. Our peace can't guard our life. Our peace in humanity, the things we conjure up, is so imperfect because we're imperfect. Only the peace of God can do this. Following the principles of God keeps us connected to this perfect peace because it keeps us connected to Jesus. Jesus is the most important thing, and I promise you, when you connect to Him, you'll see peace rise up in your life. Jesus was speaking in the Beatitudes. I'm, I'm coming to a close. The Beatitudes are a message that Jesus would give, and, and mo- many people know it, even if you're not a Christian, because it gives different instructions. He lets us know. He says these different like kind of one-liners, blessed are the the blank, for they will inherit the blank, or they will do this. And so he adds these different things in. What I love about this is that in the Beatitudes, there's only one Beatitude that that shows us and likens us and reminds us that we're children of God. There's only one. And it's in Matthew 5, 9. And he says, Jesus says here, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God that's so important because when you're a child you replicate your father there's things that just happen that pour out of you that were replicated because you spent time in the presence of your dad how amazing that we can be peacemakers, not because of our goodness, but because we connect to Jesus. And when we're connecting to Him, we can't help but pick up the things that matter to Him. And one of those is peace. With the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Our nephew came and stayed with us for a few days, and, and we were doing things, and I was like, oh my gosh, he is just the spitting image of his father. Not just in his looks, but in how he acted and what he said. I think about children, and when you're a child and with your, your, with your father, you, you watch them. They do something, you do something. 
Now, we may not call that practice. We may call that mimicking, but it's the same thing. It's habitually doing the same thing over and over. And the thing is, is we don't do it out of fear. We don't do it out of condemnation. We do it because why? We want to know our Father. There's no formula. I have no formula for you today. Pray 10 hours. Read your Bible 10 hours. I have no formula because this isn't built upon formula. It's built upon a relationship. I'm not afraid that if I don't follow Jesus and do what he wants me to do and and pray and spend time with him, that he's going to bonk me over the head. I do it because I'm like, Jesus, you are my everything, and I want to practice walking the way that you walk. I want to practice doing what you do. I want to know your voice. When it's spoken, I want to know it's you. And just as a child does that with his father, it doesn't have to, or she does it with her father. It doesn't have to. It's not out of their fear. It's because they're like, man, I love my dad. I want to be just like him. And when we get lost in that, and our pursuit of the principles of God are founded on wanting to know Jesus more, you're going to look up and you're going to be like, The peace of God is guarding me. I'm not even fearful anymore. I'm not even worried anymore. Because you're walking with Jesus. And when you walk with Jesus, you walk in peace. Listen, there's only one perfect God. There's only one perfect God. And we should practice being just like Him. Because when we're with our God, we walk in peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your perfect peace that is a beautiful benefit of walking with Jesus. And Lord, I don't know who's watching today, but God, I truly believe it's on purpose that they're watching right now. And and maybe they've just felt like life has been turmoil and one difficult thing after another. And they've They've not functioned in peace. I pray today that they would know the hope of Jesus Christ. And God, maybe they just don't think there's any other way to live. I pray by your Holy Spirit that you would quicken their heart right now. And they would see that there is another way. That knowing Jesus will transform everything. Literally right where they're sitting. Right where they're watching. I pray they would surrender their life to Jesus Christ. Maybe they've never known you, but I pray that for the first time they would call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know your ways. Maybe there's those that are Christians right now that are watching. And even though they're Christians, they have felt like there's still no peace in their life. God, I pray there'd be a revelation that, that maybe they're just not connecting with you. Even though they've prayed a prayer, let them see that there's things they need to do in their life to connect with Jesus, to know your voice. And that, Lord, there is hope still. The hope is Jesus Christ. And connecting into your presence will bring about a peace that they never could do in their own power, their own strength. I pray there would be such a hunger and a thirst for them to step into their place as children of God. Not only will they walk in peace, but they will carry peace with them everywhere they go. Nothing is too big for you, God. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.